I'm Trillia Newbell, and this is Stories of Sacred Endurance, a podcast about persevering in Christ through the ups, downs, challenges, heartbreaks, and journey of life. Every episode, we will talk to a fellow saint who can teach us something important about enduring in the faith. I'd like to welcome Dr. Todd Billings on the podcast today. Dr. Billings is the Gordon H. Gerard Research Professor of Reformed Theology at Western Theological Seminary. Let's just go ahead and say, that's a tongue twister. As an ordained minister in the Reformed Church in America, he received his MDiv from Fuller Seminary and his THD from Harvard. In 2012, Billings was diagnosed with an incurable blood cancer, multiple myeloma. He received a stem cell transplant in 2013. After recovering from the transplant, he returned to the job at the seminary. Billings continues to receive cancer treatment, teach, research, and write. Welcome to the podcast, Todd. It's good to be with you. So we know that you were diagnosed at the age of 39, and you shared with me earlier that the average age is around 70. What has this cancer diagnosis done to your, or how has it affected your view of um, the resurrection, of uh, your walk in the Lord? We'll start there. Yeah. Well, the diagnosis was unexpected, and um, especially my doctors were surprised um, because the patients with this cancer are almost always um, so much older. Um, And I think that the biggest adjustment um, had to do with being a parent. Um, Mm. I'm married and my kids were one and three when I was diagnosed, and so I didn't really um, at first lament that much for me. I feel like God has been so gracious to me. Every breath is a gift. Mm. Um, But I did lament for them. Um, Why would God take away their dad um, when they're young? Mm. Um, And so um, I definitely find myself going to the Psalms um, finding a lot of solace in the Psalms, about a third of the Psalms are, are lament, where they right. bring our complaints before God based upon God's promise to show his face to us. You know, we ask, God, why have you hidden your face? Um, and I came to see how those really were prayers of trust. Um, I didn't really know quite what to do with those in my daily walk um, before the cancer diagnosis, but they've become just close to my heart, and they um, are actually a way of just bringing even pain and grief um, before the Lord and trust. Um, I think with my view of the resurrection, it's made me long for the resurrection. Yeah. And long for it in a way that is different than just hoping for a new cancer treatment or hoping for even healing or sometimes it's, you know, well, maybe there would be a cure to your cancer, that sort of thing. Well, all of those things would be good, but they're they're not nearly as big a deal as the resurrection. (laughs) Um, um, I've just come to see how 
our hope for resurrection is so much bigger than than life extension. Hmm. Um, sometimes around other cancer patients, especially with my cancer, one of the first things you share is when you were diagnosed and basically how long you've been living. And it can easily feel like a contest that the person who lives the longest wins. Hmm. Um, and I've had you know, people I know with my cancer who have died since my diagnosis um, have lived, you know, not as long as as I have in these um, six plus years. Yeah. Um, but uh, like abundant life in Christ that will continue in the age to come isn't mm. measured in years. Um, I've just come to hope in the resurrection that like our whole bodies will be penetrated with the communion with God, with the love of God in a way that it's not just like, you know, we'll have healthcare provided or something like right. that. Um, but the resurrection hope is um, hope to have our our bodies enlivened by the Spirit in a way that we can just barely even glimpse now. And so um, so sometimes I even feel like that when I receive prayers for healing. It's like, God is free, God can, God can heal, um, but healing is temporary. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to something a lot bigger than that, hmm. um, 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 which is the, the resurrection hope, the hope of God dwelling with the whole creation and um, showing his glory. Hmm. Well, how does that affect your day-to-day life? So not necessarily the struggle, but what you are talking about, this vision we should all have. We should all be setting our eyes and hope um, on the glory that's to come. And and yet we're so easily um, just focused on this world and we, we have busy, busy lives and we're, it's distracted. And so how does that work itself out daily? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in some ways, I think both the busyness of our lives and also the ways in which um, we, we can think that we have mastery over the world by how we, you know, interact through um, technology and social media and uh, like we're kind of masters of the world. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are ultimately illusions. Mm. And so um, one thing I've done just on a daily basis is I, I do have daily pain um, from the cancer treatment and from ongoing chemo. Mm. And I've started to just see that pain um, as a kind of opportunity to just remind myself, um, you know, I'm aching for for something better, um, mm. and and um, to come to God and say, "Wow, I'm just." Um, looking forward to the beautiful thing that that um you will new you will do when you make all things new um i'm 
I'm your adopted child, um, Lord, but, um, you know, as, as Paul says, we're still, um, we're still aching for this final adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't happened yet. So, um, I think I used to, especially in the first few years, even after the diagnosis, I would see the pain as an enemy. And of course, I don't want the pain. I do everything I everything I can to control the pain. Um, but I've I've also started to see just these reminders of the pain as reminders of my mortality yeah. and that I'm small and God is big. <laughs> and there's actually something really life-giving about that. Um, um, it kind of displaces me from being the, like the central actor in the story of my life. Yeah. Like I'm starring in my own movie. I mean, it, it just, um, when you think to yourself, yeah, I may not be around in a couple more years and, or, you know, my body is, is breaking down and the world will go on. And that's not a bad thing. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that, that, um, certainly it's a bad thing about the, the, the decay, but like, right. um, the, the God of the universe will continue to do his work. I feel like I'm on holy ground just as you are really facing, um, I guess death in the face, and trying to, and 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 how God is meeting you. I I am um, a little bit undone over here as I listen to you and what the Lord is how He's meeting you so uh, um, intimately and um, and so thank you for sharing it with us. I just I want to pause and just thank you in the middle of this. Um, how has your understanding of the gospel changed or expanded since your diagnosis? Certain aspects of the good news in Christ have just become more alive to me. Um, mm. So, for example, the image of Christ as the pioneer of our faith, mm -hmm. who takes on our flesh and blood, as the book of Hebrews goes into, and actually he tastes death. Um, as a pioneer, and I had never really thought through that on just a really experiential level, but when we face death and when I've had friends die and face death, you really are heading into the unknown in some sense. I mean, we have faith and trust yeah. in God's promise. Um, but it's not like we can empirically test, like, what is going to happen next. Right. Um, and, but there's something about the fact that um, even death is, is an area where I don't have to be the pioneer. Mm -hmm. That um, in body and soul, in life and in death... Um, to use the words of the Heidelberg Catechism, which is a um, a teaching document in my tradition, right? We belong to Jesus Christ, um, and um, that that's enough. Mm -hmm. Like 
he has, um, even if I don't fully understand the mystery of death, he does. Um, he's been there. He's conquered it by going through it. Um, and so, um, I think that I just have an image that no matter what happens, even, even when there are deaths that just seem like, you know, how could God be working in this, like a terrible accident or when the cancer comes back strong and a person is dead within a few months. Um, but we're still held um, in the midst of this by God. Um, as Colossians says, our, our lives are hidden right now, right. Um, hidden with God in Christ um, until Christ, who is our life, appears. Um, and it's okay to be hidden because we're hidden in in, in the palm of God's hands. Yeah. I, I want to go back to your family because you had mentioned yeah. them at the very beginning. And sometimes we forget that or we can think of our race and just maybe focus on ourselves. And I I think it's um, telling both of your love and care for your family and also um, humility and and. And loving yourself and and not f- being incredibly just focused on yourself, that your first thought is okay. What my sorrow goes to, for my family who will stay and mourn. How are you helping them walk through this? Because you still you still have the battle. You talked about your daily pain. How are you helping them run their race, um, setting their eyes on the hope that um, of the future. Well, that's something I'm, I and with my wife, Rachel, we just decided we would just talk very openly about death and dying. Yeah. And um, so that it wasn't something that we're afraid to talk about with with each other. Um, And with the kids, um, we actually seek out opportunities that are age appropriate, but still that are opportunities for them to be around um, people in the church who are really old and then who are dying. I've, um, you know, brought both of them to funerals. Mm-hmm. I've brought both of them to funerals of a, a funeral of a young girl in our church who, who died. They were one and three when okay. I was diagnosed. And um, now they are um, eight and nine, almost 10. So as they've gotten older, there's more that we can expose them to. Um, One thing that we did was we had a a Welsh Corgi, a very beloved dog in the family, Hmm. who um, got to the point where our, our vet said that we just needed to put him down. Um, was, you know, just not <laughs> in a in a good place, and so we decided to just be very open with the kids about it. I actually um, came up with some prayers, um, and then um, we had them over at the grandparents' house um, when the dog um, was put down, um, but we had our dog Max um, just on the floor of the living room and I was there with Max and 
they saw me crying mm. and they came over and we prayed prayers and they cried as well. Um, we dug a hole in the backyard and they saw, you know, Max going the hole in the backyard. And um, it was it was hard. There was a lot of sort of wailing <laughs> yeah. um, because kids just love family pets and I, I, I love the dog too. Yeah. Um, and we, but we tried to commit um, the whole situation to God um, in prayers. And I think looking back, um, there's often talk about Max with the kids. And, um, but there's no anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there's a sense of openness about it. Sometimes they'll ask about dogs in heaven and, you know, I'll give my somewhat careful theological response. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an opportunity. So we, we lock, you know, with our kids, even apart from me, because of the way we've opened up the conversation, we talk a lot about dying and death and, and about heaven and life with God. Mm. My daughter just yesterday was uh, telling me about a friend of her, hers whose um, dog is about to be put down, and she was mourning with her friend. And there yeah. is something that um, can help us communicate about um, human death. Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we end with the hope of the gospel? Would you share any any? hope that you have and for the person who's listening maybe they have cancer and they are hopeless or they're scared um what what you know what they're experiencing where i do not but um and ultimately the lord knows so how can we um encourage their faith to endure well i think of the um passage in hebrews where um the author speaks of us running with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Um, I mean, that may sound just like a pious platitude, mm -hmm. but to keep our eyes on Jesus and the ways in which even when what we're going through doesn't seem to make sense to us, um, we belong to Jesus in right. body and soul and life and in death. And um, particularly for cancer patients, I think the temptation is to um, act as if we are defined in our identity by our battle with cancer. Mm. And um, this shows up often in obituaries, you know, so-and-so lost their battle with cancer or, you know, this is seen as one of the most central episodes in their life where they boldly fought the battle against cancer. Well, I mean, cancer is a battle in a certain sense, but the battle I'm much more concerned about is the battle against um, the flesh, mm -hmm. the sin, and the devil. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that's, the, that's, that's the high stakes battle um, um, against the old self that wants to act as if we don't um, 
need a savior, that we are just fine on our own. Um, um, the battle against alienation from God and alienation from other people and in sin. Um, the battle against the devil and the principalities and powers. These, this is, if we're defined by a battle, <laughs> this is the battle mm. that we have, whether we have cancer or not. Um, and so um, I think it's, it's tempting to define ourselves um, by, by other battles or by other races that we are running. Um, but really, this is the one that matters the most um, that relates to um, life eternal, what will what will endure. Thanks for listening to Stories of Sacred Endurance. If you are enjoying it, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That will help more people discover and hopefully be encouraged by this podcast. And be sure to pick up a copy of my new book, Sacred Endurance, from InterVarsity Press. InterVarsity Press is offering podcast listeners 30% off the book through March 2020. Go to ivypress.com and use the code SACRED30 for 30% off and free shipping on your copy of Sacred Endurance. Thanks for listening.